Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. I'm also the Vice President of Sales with Guildhall. And with me this week on today's show will be Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. And as we approach the holiday season, we're getting close to Christmas and Hanukkah is ongoing. This is going to be a busy show because there's a lot to talk about. Seasonality sometimes provides value. We've been talking about these concepts over the last few weeks, Jeremy. I will remind our listeners before we get going that we are not your financial planners or advisors. We are experts in the area of physical gold, physical silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. It's what we talk about. We spend our days here uh, diving into these topics for you so that you can be educated in these areas and protect your wealth. The number to call before we get started, one 78 silver The website you can go to throughout the show today is guildhallwealth.com. And as always, remember, get your hands on the free investor kit. It is going to come to you in a package or an email, your choice, and it is chock full of the information we're discussing on today's show and it's a guide to get you into a market that can ensure your wealth long-term and make you money in these markets in these turbulent times ahead. Now, Jeremy, this week's show, we're going to take a look at a snapshot of history. We are going to give some consideration to what has been happening in a 10-year window since the great financial calamity of 2008 and nine. Not only have we been participating in what has now become historically the longest bull market in stocks uh, throughout that period of time, but it is starting to flash many warning signs that do have to be discussed. The reasons, the very reasons why we talk about owning gold and silver are being flashed before us as we speak. So throughout today's show, folks, we're going to take some time to look back historically at a few different points and discuss those points with you and share our opinions on that. If you have feedback, go to the website, give that feedback to us, call us, get that free investor kit. Let's get started though, Jeremy, on this because what we need to understand as we tape here on Thursday of the week is that we're now watching the Dow Jones Index, the largest stock market in the world in the US. We're now watching the TSX. Respectfully, the Dow Jones is now down since its peak of October the 3rd of this year by 8.5%. The TSX hit its peak July 20th of this year. It is now down 9.5%. Is this in and of itself a precursor that negative times lie ahead? It's not. But the first concept in this theme of the 10-year window that we're going to talk about today is pretty simple, and that's putting it all into perspective. So why don't you get started by shedding some light on how we exactly have come up with that throughout our weeks of discussion here. Yeah, so I think that um, you know we're looking at the, the last 10 years. I think coming into the, the end of the year, we're, we want to kind of take all the information we've been learning and, and through all the guests that we've been speaking to throughout the year. And we, we have this idea of, you know, we know it's been 10 years since the 2008 uh, crisis, but let's look at what has happened over that 10 year. And we want to break it down into three parts. We want to look at the fact that in the last 10 years, there's been zero change in terms of the fact that the financial system has not been fixed, that no jail time went to any of the perpetrators of the initial collapse. And uh, there's been no change effectively at bank culture. And of course, the debts are bigger than ever before. The second part is the fact that Starting with Bernanke, they simply papered over all the problems. And the problem with papering over problems is you get this 
fog of debt, number one. You get artificial stimulation, number two. And it's sending incredible mixed messages to the market. So I know you've got some, a lot of information on sort of the mixed messages that we're getting. And then finally, you know, truth wins out over time. Uh, everything is discovered eventually. And we're starting to see the warning signs of this window closing. So what is this window? This window is a window of prosperity in the markets due to the money printing that's happened and a window of preparation to get your insurance ready, which is why, which comes back to the precious metals. So those all come together. We're going to look at it and see where we're at so that you can have a good look at your portfolio and decide if having precious metals is right for you. Well, at the peaks of this year, Jeremy, in both the Dow Jones and the TSX here at home, we can kind of visualize this as, in, in terms of your reference to insurance, as a gold versus stock market, silver versus stock market scenario, whereby in the last seven, eight, nine years, we have acknowledged numerous times that there is a period of value that has set in for gold and silver, a period of, of preparation, if you will, where a lot of astute investors have taken the opportunity to start accumulating a different type of wealth, one that can protect the one that is being uh, that already exist in stocks, in bonds, in cash, and the other investments in real estate that I have. But not everybody is aware of the value proposition that lies ahead. We discuss it all the time in the show. But this week is a great example because this week in the news, we had a pretty significant kind of red flag pop up in the U.S. Uh, marketplace, which talked uh, talked about inverted yield curves. Now, folks, in terms of understanding this, it doesn't have to be a very complex topic, nor do I want to really spend too much time. But typically, short-term interest rates are lower than long-term interest rates, higher yields for longer term. Historically, with the yield curve inverts, it is indicative of a recession soon to be, and it certainly depends on the type of inversion you see. This week, we saw the two and the five-year invert, which means you're getting paid more interest on the short term versus interest on the long term. Now, historically, going all the way back to the Great Depression, whenever the yield curves have inverted, you have seen a recession follow anywhere from six months to two years after that. And that is the first big red flag in addition to the pullback from the peaks of the stock markets that I would say is giving us every incentive, Jeremy, every little bit that we need to go out there right now, look at where we stand, take stock of the value that we've had in terms of the gains we've made and start preparing. How do we do that? We add gold and silver as one form of insurance to our wealth. Yeah, if you haven't created that insurance for your portfolio, it's very important to have, you know, 10 to 15 percent. It's something that, you know, when you look historically, they've done the the they've run the numbers on it. There's been lots of um, groups out there who have tested the theory of having 10 to 15 percent. Uh, one of the recent ones was a bits and associates. They did a, a report for BMG. Another one was actually um, an editorial done through Bloomberg. And they just said, look, let's put let's put a mock 10, 15% of gold in a portfolio and see how it see how it responds. And at the end of the day, it's always proven to actually support a portfolio and help a portfolio perform even better. The point about having physical gold as as in this case the quote insurance policy is that you are not truly diversified until you have 
hard assets in your portfolio. You could be diversified out the wazoo on your stocks. And look, we're not financial advisors, but they're all valued in US dollars or Canadian dollars or fiat currencies. And it doesn't matter how diverse you are, it's all in one currency, right? Or a couple multiple currencies, it doesn't matter. The point is, is they're equities, right? So I could have tech, I could have banks, I could have mining stocks, whatever, but they are in equities. So until you actually diversify into different types of assets, equities being one sort of asset, you're not truly diversified. So the idea is that you want to have some hedge in your portfolio. And what we're seeing is there's definitely a sign here with that inverted yield curve that after 10 years of printing money and the Fed trying to raise rates to some sort of normalization, it's just not happening. They're, they're at the end of their tether here. And so how do you you know you have a window to prepare, and if you haven't done your precious metals in your portfolio, the time is now. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. We want you to be able to experience physical product. Hold in your hand tangible, allocated, segregated to you product. We have numerous ways for you to do that. We're going to talk throughout the show about those methods, but the easiest is to simply go over to that website, check out the e-store, or give us a call directly and we will put together an order for you i did one just before we're taping today it was 3500 ounces of silver that's 35 100 ounce royal canadian mint silver bars and this was an easy purchase interested person listened to the show two weeks ago jerry and i were doing the show hadn't listened before on and off about the gold market totally bought the idea of value investing, loved where the market was at and said, you know what, the reason I've been so successful in stocks is because I bought value. I bought when they were low. I put my money where my mouth is and when it pulled back and took a terrible dive for the worst, I put it in there. So he's a value investor and I think being a business owner, which he is, he just said, this is common sense investing. This isn't something I should ask other people about. I I made the decision myself. You might be different. You might want to go to your plan or your advisor. You might want to talk to people. But getting in this market shouldn't be difficult, and that's why physical is not. It's simply making a purchase and taking it home or storing it with Guildhall, whether it's 1-ounce, 10-ounce, 100-ounce silver bars, 1-ounce gold bars. You like the Maple Leaf coins. If you've heard those and you have a comfort level with them, we'll offer those as well. In addition to that, before we break for the first segment, Jeremy, we also offer other types of accounts. Before we go to break, pick one. Tell me what's your favorite way for your investors coming into the market right now in terms of accounts, depository accounts, registered accounts. What do you like the best? I like the registered accounts. I was showing, you know, we're talking anecdotes here. I was showing a client a few weeks ago um, that his MER in his mutual funds were, killing them. were like three times what it costs to just store your physical product, and there's no management on it. So that one I love. And for every 5,000 US dollars invested, you get one gram of gold up to 10 grams. Boom. I and then I also really like for anyone who does not have any physical precious metals, make an appointment, come to Guildhall, and put a little bit of product in your hand because it's a great start. It's a great first step, toe in the water, learn how it works, crawl, walk, run. Contact us. Get some gold in your in your hand. One eight seven seven eight Silver Guildhallwealth.com is the website to go, folks. The warning signs are being flashed, just like they were in two thousand and seven. They may be different now, but those red flags are giving you all of the incentive you need to protect your wealth by owning gold and silver. You are listening to the Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio six forty Toronto.
Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver Get yourself some silver. It is that time of year when you should pay yourself. Think about it. This is about value. It's the 10-year window we're talking about in the first segment, Jeremy. The warning signs being flashed about the market. It's not fear-mongering. It's anything but. It's being smart. It's being progressive with your wealth. It's being proactive, not reactive, not waiting for somebody to tell you, well, you better hold on because it's long term. I wouldn't be selling. And you look and you realize, I just lost 30% of the value. What am I doing? Yes. This is the story that was told time and time again in 2007 and eight. Ten years later, we're now telling you, here it is again. Yesterday, we were talking in the office, the idea of momentum investors versus value investors. And we were talking about momentum investors, which there's nothing wrong with with having some momentum plays in your portfolio. But the idea was, and I asked you, I said, if you if you flip a coin 10 times and heads comes up 10 times, what's the percentage chance of flipping a heads again? And you nailed it. Well, it was because there's not enough variables there. So you, you said, revert back to the simple. You said it's 50-50, right? which means that on a momentum play, the problem with momentum plays is that we – and we've seen it in our, in, in our business over the years – is that when do you sell? How much is enough, right? Right. Uh, you watch that when you see um, deal or no deal. People making you know, twice what they could in one year, and it's not enough, Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to know, okay, well, what is value? Where does this value train end so that I know where to sell? But oftentimes with momentum, it's tough to know where that is. And so you can, you can miss the top, and then all of a sudden it's gone down, and now you're holding something long-term that now you're – and you didn't want to be long-term. That Being a momentum player is exactly the opposite of being long-term, and all of a sudden you're holding on. So – one example of this idea of value versus momentum is an article that came out recently called The Market Doesn't Care How Fantastic Your Stocks Are. And it's by Vitaly Katzenelson uh, through, and it, through uh, realinvestmentadvice.com. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Yes. And I got through it okay. Did. Um, so he starts by talking about in the long run, a stock price will reflect, will reflect a company's true intrinsic value in the short t- term, pricing is basically random. And that can go both ways on value versus non-value. He looks at this idea of if you bought Microsoft in 92, for example, for 18 months, it did nothing or it even went down, and you would look or feel very dumb. But if you held on to it past 18 months, which for a lot of people these days is a long time because uh, short term is being rewarded, that you wouldn't be so dumb. Now, he looks at another example of GoPro, okay? And he he mentions that GoPro, there's no barrier to entry. Any company can really come up with their own version of GoPro. So it's not an individual company that's so, so crazy unique. It's just new technology. And he talks about how um, in 2014, you'd pay $40 a share. The company had a market cap of $5.5 billion. It was only earning $100 million a year. Um, But you would have you would have been rewarded because it went to $90. But today, fast forward, it's actually trading around below six. So for a while, you looked really smart if you were trading just the momentum of it. But when you look at the actual fundamentals of the, of the stock itself, not worth it necessarily. So you, you know, momentum plays, you really have to know what you're doing. 
Um, he goes on to say, I'm going to give a quote here. Predicting where a stock price will be in a day, a month, or even a year is not much different from prognosticating whether the ball on a roulette wheel will land on red or black. In the long term, good decisions should pay off because of fundamentals. That's what we do on the show, Darren. Look at fundamentals. And they'll shine through. As was the case with buying Microsoft in 92 and not buying GoPro in 2014. But the short run, there is no correlation between good decisions and results. I think that's sort of the takeaway. Ultimately, he goes on to say the performance of your stocks in the short term run, in the short run, tells you absolutely nothing about what you own or about the quality of your decisions. You may own a portfolio of Microsoft and its value is going down because at this juncture the market doesn't care about Microsofts. Or maybe you stuffed your retirement fund with overpriced fads that may not be around a year from now, but in the long run, remember what Seneca knew, time discovers truth. So for us, we were discussing this yesterday, Darren, if you're you know, going random on your stocks, whatever, you're putting it all on red in your roulette table, put a little bit on black right now. Get a little bit of gold or silver in your portfolio. Give yourself a little bit of insurance. And from our perspective, fundamentally, it's so undervalued right now. You've got to look at the fundamentals on gold and silver. Get your package. Learn why gold and silver are so undervalued because that's where money is going to be made. Get that package. It is free to you as a listener to this show, as a potential buyer of gold and silver. Educate yourself on how to protect your wealth and to make money in these markets long term. It's all we want for our clients. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call or guildhallwealth.com, the website to travel over to. Now, Jeremy, I'm getting a sense that what we're seeing here in terms of the current state of this cycle of economic boom and bust, we're seeing both boom and bust at the same time, as opposed to the dead end of the cycle, which is either all boom or the opposite end of the cycle, which is all bust. We're right in that middle part where it was 2006, 2007, things were still rocking, um, but those red flags existed, and they always happen. And sure enough, we talked about the inverted yield curves, the two and five year. Now we're going to wait to see if the other uh, various yield predictions come uh, about, and those will be on the more popular yield uh, yielding I interest rate vehicles in the U.S. It could be the 10-year, it could be the two-year. Uh, if those start to invert oppositely, uh, that's going to take us into a path of recession for sure. There's never been a time in which when all four invert, there has uh, not been a recession follow. So that's the one red flag. Now, you talked about value, and we mentioned off the top that we're now officially on a week-to-week -week basis going to be monitoring the peak to loss on the two big stock markets that we discussed, the Dow and the TSX. And we mentioned off the top of the show that the Dow is off its peak of October the 3rd of this year by about 8.4%. Listen, nothing to write home about. It's not that I would make a decision solely based on that alone, but if I look at it in tandem with other stock markets like the TSX, it's also down 9.5%. And you might make an argument in and of itself on each one as to why it's down, but when all the world stock markets start to fall... Which is what you're seeing. Which is what you're seeing, then you better be sure that if you're uh, going to continue investing, that you're insuring yourself. You've had that 10-year window. You've thought about doing it. You've listened to our show. What's stopping you from adding gold and silver to your portfolio? Nothing. Pick up that phone. 
Call that number and get started, even with a small amount. There are numerous ways you can do it at Guildhall. We discussed uh, before the break, Jeremy's one of his favorite is the registered accounts. Putting gold in your TFSA, it's a no-brainer. It's a win-win long-term because you've got that protected asset there that has no capital gains up to, as of January 1st, an additional 6000 Right now, if you're opening up the account, 57500 can be placed in there, and you can use it to buy gold, silver, or a combination of both. Yeah, it's, a, it's something very uh, – it's just a great thing that you have an Easy. option to do in Canada Amazing. that you can put this in, not worry about it, store your product. You know, when we look at the numbers and, and all the analysts and where they see gold going – you know, it's not just one random analyst saying gold could go to 10,000. There's like 10, 15 major analysts looking at the value of gold and saying this could go way beyond $3,000 an ounce. Um, I was showing a client the other day that if gold only went two and a half times higher, which is what gold did from 2004 through 2010, this was before it even went to the peak. It went from 250 to 1100, right? Two and a half times. And, uh, you know, that that could easily happen again. That would only put us up to like 3,200. But I think in terms of the stock market, Darren, I want to get back to that and just a, just for very briefly, because it is sideways. I think some people are waiting for that big crash to happen. But what if it's just this sideways meandering down motion? This is that kind of opportunity of the window is closing. The signs are there. It's time to take profit, or are you going to be the momentum person who gets stuck waiting on something that you didn't want to hold for 10 years? It's true, and obviously you have to take that into consideration. That's all part of that process, that cyclical change, the inverted yield curve, the sideways to down motion, and on top of that, price earnings, which are now becoming very inaccurate. Typically on price earnings, I want to see gross stocks with high PEs, which I'll be accepting because they're continuing to grow. The expectation is that they're going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, and that's fine to have high PEs on those uh, price to earnings ratios. But on value investing, I want lower PEs. Those are long-term plays. I want to put that value in my stock portfolio, hold it over the long term. But we're getting all kinds of inaccuracies. So we have to look beyond that. When you compile it all together, one accurate snapshot might give us uh, an opinion. But when we're seeing six or seven factors come together, it's a confluence of those factors that's telling us we're on the doorstep of something. We don't know what it'll be. Who knows? Could be a recession of one year, two years. Could be the greatest recession we've ever experienced. We know that the papering over, what you talked about in the beginning of the show, and everything that's led up to this is telling us that this is a science experiment that we've never, ever witnessed in history the proportion of which is the largest of its kind. Yeah, I want to, I, I wanna, you know, we're, we touched upon it, but this idea that when you print a ton of money, and it's hard to even fathom how much money has been created out of thin air, starting with Bernanke, that it does create artificially stimulated markets. It creates uh, mixed messages in the market, and you kind of have to start to dig. So you see, oh, everything's great, everything's great. But, Darren, we were talking yesterday about the unemployment rates and how many people are actually unemployed. And this is one of those, is everything that great? Because when you look under the headlines, it's not. It's true. And when we come back, we'll explain a little more about that as well. We will talk about colored diamonds. We want to put you in that frame of mind, understand that another type of insurance that might be for you might not be, but let's talk about 
the value that you get from owning a natural fancy color diamond, as well as some auction updates. Prices are changing, folks. The New Year's coming. This may be one of the last opportunities, as we've done every year we've been on air, Jeremy, talking to people, pleading with them to understand the prices are going higher. They've never pulled back. We'll talk more about that when we get back in the third segments. And those red flags, well, let's hope it's not the end of a big boom because I don't want people to suffer, but let's hope people are protected. So we'll talk more about how to do that as well. Get some gold and silver in your portfolio, folks. One eight seven seven eight silver for the free investor kit. Go online, guildhallwealth.com. You'll see us and find us everywhere. Listen to the podcast. Pick it up anytime you want. It's there for you to listen to and to educate yourself about something that could change your life long term. We'll be right back on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long from Guildhall Wealth Management. And across the table from me, recording here on Thursday, is Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, I love this time of year because this is the giving time of year. Some people are already celebrating. Hanukkah's already started. Christmas season is coming. Kwanzaa, so much giving, so much happiness this time of year. Investment should be the same way. The thing that we always discuss and we always want people to remember gold and silver are not the only way you can protect and preserve your wealth and make wealth generate wealth for yourself you need to understand that within that package it's going to be sent to you and this is why it's so important to get on that phone and call and get it because it's free to you is also going to be information on our other most favorite type of hard asset natural fancy colored diamonds and we talk about Lots of things related to natural fancy colored diamonds, including the four C's and all the typical traditional information that comes when you're buying a diamond. But more importantly than anything is the fact that our clients continue to make money owning a natural fancy colored diamond. Case in point this week, Christie's in New York had and completed their New York Magnificent Jewels December 4th auction. And we get pre and post auction results. So we get the estimates of high value on a diamond that's being sold. We get the actual price that was sold for a diamond. They had up for auction, and you've heard us talk about blue diamonds and the rarity of blues and being just below reds in terms of that rarity as the world's most expensive per carat prices. The Bulgari 8.08 carat fancy vivid blue cushion shape VS2 Clarity went up for auction and sold for just over 18 million US dollars, dragging the per carat value of that blue diamond to just over 2.2 million US dollars per carat. In comparison, Jeremy, when we started offering blue diamonds way back in the day, 2007, 2008, our per carat valuations on a diamond close to a carat were just over 100,000. And now, here in 2018, not but 12 years, 13 years later, we're seeing 8.08 carat fancy vivid blues. And yes, that's a big diamond, and you pay a premium for a large diamond. Go for 2.2 million per carat. In comparison, that one carat blue that we had, Paul's talked about it on the show many a times. In fact, just over one carat, 1.06 carat, which he sold back to his supplier for 670,000. I would never allow that diamond to go out to market today for less than a million 
plus US dollars just by itself not even in a setting but speaking of settings and this is the important part of understanding that having a natural fancy color diamond isn't just about buying it and forgetting about it you can do that and many clients will they'll purchase it just like gold and silver it's long term they're gonna hold it for the next 10 15 years but you can wear it too and the most beautiful part about a natural fancy color diamond for some people may in fact be the very reason that we discuss the wealth to wear side of things. Jeremy, this doesn't come as a surprise to you or me. We love the idea of setting a diamond. But for some people listening who are thinking about making this purchase or know very little about natural fancy color diamonds, what is the allure of having it set? And why do we get so excited about having a beautiful natural fancy color diamond in a setting and carrying that value forward as an investment? Well, there's a, a couple different reasons to put something into a setting. The first and foremost being that you enjoy the diamond. So it's a great way to express your individuality, express your taste. You've chosen the loose diamond. Now you want to create a setting for it that is in line with your tastes. And then, of course, it's adding additional value to the diamond as well. Most times when you see, you know, this Bulgari blue, for instance, uh, gigantic diamond, but it's in a ring. Right. So there's other advantages in that sense. So that that's probably the biggest reason is, is to enjoy it. The second being that it can add additional value to the diamond. We do custom settings at Guildhall and the the jeweler that we have does absolutely remarkable work. Not only are the quality of the pave, the white diamonds that go into the, the setting to enhance the center stone, uh, of incredible impeccable quality but he works with the client so we start off with here's a typical design that we're thinking we want to make for this ring and then he'll come and he'll you know he'll assess the client as well and he'll make some suggestions um, clients usually take the suggestion because he just knows how to enhance that ring for the individual as well um, maybe ways to make the diamond look larger, maybe ways to make the diamond look stronger in color, um, maybe ways that are going to suit the, the hand, right? Things like that. We've uh, taken some of our fancy yellows, Darren, and created some, some pieces, and we can adjust the size of the diamond, uh, of the ring a little bit. But I wanted to talk about um, one in particular that we have. It's uh, the center stone is a 1.02 fancy yellow diamond. It's internally flawless, and it's in a graduated double halo setting. And what that means is that typically when you think of a halo, it's a white diamonds outside of the center stone. In this case, the inner halo are smaller, and then the outer diamonds, Darren, are round. And so it kind of has this almost floral effect, if you will. It looks like a flower. But what's great about it is it creates a big, bold look, um, high-quality whites, as we mentioned, platinum ring altogether. And the entire setting with the diamond is under 20000 Canadian taxes included. So rather than having to go to a big box store and maybe get something that is not handcrafted and you're paying for you know retail space and everything like that, you can have a diamond that is impeccable diamond, impeccable setting. If you want to view this diamond that we're talking about today, you can go to our YouTube channel, Guildhall, 
and you can actually see the diamond that I'm talking about. That's a visual, and that's important. People should go over to our YouTube channel. They should be looking at the diamonds. They should be looking at our updated YouTube, uh, our YouTube videos, and that is the easiest way for you to connect and find out who we are, what we do, as well as the website. It's guildhallwealth.com and the number 18778 silver. That's where you get started. That's where we can connect, get you an investor kit. It's the most important part of this show is to make sure you are getting educated. We will include information on natural fancy colored diamonds. And if I go and buy that ring that I see on the YouTube, we've only got a handful of them, by the way, right now. But if I was to invest and make that investment, I'm going to get a beautiful gift this time of year because Paul loves to give away stuff. So he's going to throw in with a specific, a specific diamond a set of earrings. You can call us to find out if you qualify for it. Uh, look at the diamond that you want to make a purchase of. And if that diamond qualifies, we'll be the first to let you know. We'll have it right there at the point of purchase. Now, something of interest for me when we're talking about natural fancy colored diamonds is the fact that people are still learning in this day and age, Jeremy, the difference between, let's say, buying a white diamond and buying a natural fancy colored diamond. I think a lot of people go into that. Let's just use the typical uh, purchase that's made. It might be male or female. They walk into a jeweler. Uh, it's sentimental. It's marking an occasion, maybe an anniversary. It's an engagement. They put the ring on the finger. And if it is not the ring that they're going to wear for the rest of their lives because it was their engagement or wedding band, let's say it's just a present, an anniversary gift, it's usually thought of as sentimental only. It has value because it marks an occasion. I bought it for you as a gift. I had somebody in the office this week, and they've been debating a natural fancy colored diamond and listening to the show. And what they weren't getting is the clear message that they could own that diamond, wear it for the next 10 years, bring it back and sell it for a lot more than what they paid for and use that to get another diamond or to buy gold and silver or just to walk away having had that investment, held on to it, enjoyed it, experienced the wealth to wear concept, but never having lost a single penny of value in that diamond. So looking at this ring as an example, Darren, there is if you acquired a fancy yellow 10 years ago, mm -hmm. there is no way you could pay the same price today. You could buy a fancy yellow under ten thousand dollars. You you would have a real tough time getting a fancy yellow for under ten thousand Canadian these days. The quality of which is on our site. That same in comparison, you're not going to find that anywhere. Yeah, and so you know we we've been talking a little earlier about this idea of momentum, but not everybody wants to play momentum. And what's great about a natural fancy color diamond is the longer you hold it, the higher the value. They, it is not a volatile market by any stretch, and it's a, a great way to, to secure wealth long-term. You can pass it through generation to generation to generation. Um, you know, speaking of anecdotal, anecdotes, Darren, um, you know, I, I came across a, a client who said, yeah, you know, look, the thing is my wife's got a, a safe full of jewelry that she never wears. I said, yeah, because she doesn't have a natural fancy color diamond. Exactly. And it wasn't put into exactly. a setting. Because when you when, – they, they call diamonds a, a girl's best friend for a reason because they want to look at it all day long. And that's the, that's, the, that's the end goal when we're creating a piece is we want the woman who's going to wear this diamond ring to love 
what she has on her hands and start talking with her hands and have all her friends be jealous. And these are the type of, of diamonds that will create that in a setting. And these are the type of settings that are going to create that jealousy and envy in your friends. And so, um, don't you want that at Christmas of time? Of course you do. Hanukkah, Christmas time, Kwanzaa, I want it all year long. Let's look at the February. It's Valentine's. Nice ring going out for dinner, no matter what. But the concept that underlies all of this is wealth generation and preservation. This is what a natural fancy color does. It It's going to give me value. It's going to give me uh, an idea of how to protect my wealth because I put a portion of it in that colored diamond, which never drops in value over the long term. It never has. It might have had a quarter of value, you know, where from January to spring prices were slightly cheaper at, at in the yellow sale like level 2008 or something, yeah. or something like that. But over 40 years, you've never had a year over year drop in natural fancy colored diamonds ever. And not in any of those colors that we sell. Not yellows, not pinks, not blues, not reds, never. One eight seven seven eight is the number to call. We want you to have the booklet that comes with the investor package on fancy colored diamonds. The imagery is gorgeous. It tells you about this concept of uh, colored diamond ownership. And you can use the website also at guildhallwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to get into the fourth and final segment. More to talk about with the red flags in the 10-year window. Folks, the opportunity is before you. Why not be the first and the most proactive and the astute people that are making smart decisions when it comes to your wealth? You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the final segment of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. You have been listening to a show today in which we have been discussing the merits of physical gold, silver, and natural fancy color diamond ownership. Getting that package that we've discussed all show, the free investor package, is so important. Calling that number, one eight seven seven eight silver Going to the e-store online where you can shop in the convenience of your home for bullion. Anything over 1000 remember folks, it's coming to you free of charge. If you're local, you can make that purchase and come by the office and pick it up. We're always here to help you. We want you to be the winners when these red flags drop and the bombs come after and the stock market pulls back and the recession kicks in, who's going to be laughing? Your neighbor or you? You choose. I think you should be the one. You should be making the money. And if you want to tell your neighbor to come along too, maybe that's a good idea as well. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. Now, Jeremy, throughout this show, red flags have been kind of the topic du jour, the 10-year window. We're examining what's happened since... 2007, 8, 9, and really if we say 2009 is the kind, of, uh, the kind of starting point, if you will, for stock markets to reverse, growth, a big cycle of money printing, we've talked about a number of reasons why the falsity of growth uh, lies within that money printing, why the falsity of the headlines that have been produced kind of lie within those very things that have driven the stock markets higher and pushed us to believe that this has been one of the best periods we could have ever had in terms of real estate in canada it has been historically yeah. speaking it's been great the, the, but the, the time has come to protect yourself the momentum created of cheap easy money has been unbelievable but at the end of the day when we're looking at a 10-year window we want to remember that nobody went to jail from 2008 the banking culture did not change um, there's been very few regulations. In fact, they're trying to get rid of the regulations. You look at the banks and you say, wow, all that they got 
was access to the cheap money which papered over all of the problems that got them bailed out. So as a result, yes, uh, the economy has improved. Yes, productivity has improved. But there's mixed messages there. And Darren, you've got some information there in terms of employment, uh, real employment numbers, as well as PE ratios that show that, yes, while there's been a boom, the the printing of money and the creation of, of money out of thin air has created some crazy mixed messages. Okay, the mixed messages are everywhere. Right now, it's it's rampant. We are not, as a reminder, your financial planner advisor. Go to him or her and discuss these topics. They should be already telling you about the warning signs on the table. They should already be encouraging you to take some profit off the table. Where that goes, that should be your choice. You should be directing where that money goes. Be smart and educated. One of those warning signs is, in fact, price-earnings ratios. They are inaccurate at best in this time and space, and we certainly wouldn't use those. If I was a planner, an advisor, if I was a, a stock market analyst, I wouldn't just rely on my decision process solely because I saw something with price earnings. No, However, but we've talked about yield curve. We talked about the yield curve. We're going to talk about employment coming up. But right, so the price earnings. It's never one thing. But it this is, is never. A, this is something. If we look at price earnings and we apply that to a measurement that I follow in office, which is the Schiller price earnings, uh, price to earnings ratios, it is a very accurate measurement of market valuation. And what it tells us currently, and this is fresh print as of today's show, if I look at just the Dow Jones index or the S&P 500, sorry, in the U.S., and I look at solely that alone, it tells me that uh, from the standpoint of price earnings, it's approximately 80% higher than the historical mean of 16.9. Right now, at the time of the show, that price earnings ratio is about 30.3. If we look at the historical norms, historical norms somewhere around 22. The highest it's ever been, 44. So are we closer to that 44 or are we closer to that low, the all-time low of 4.8 where, yes, get me into the stock market, ton of value to be had. We're far closer to the end of that cycle. And that's just another red warning flag that's standing clear as a bell right out there. In addition, you mentioned employment, Jeremy, and that's part of why we talk about this from the perspective of America's still booming and it's fading. Both yeah, are happening mixed it's simultaneously, mixed messages. And in fact, what we're saying is that if you look at 2007 and compare it to today, you'll see that the headlines tout the low unemployment. We've gotten all the way back down to what is a target rate of 3.2% by end of next year. Right. It's great. looks good on headlines. looks good on paper. But when we look at one of the largest segments of the working class, which is the 19 to 54-year-old uh, male, which makes up a very large portion of the working class, you'll find that about 19% of them have stopped looking for work. Now, where does that stand in terms of historical norms? It's the highest ever, historically. That means they're no longer getting social assistance. They're no longer on any type of income. They don't have a job. They might be earning under the table, but we can't measure that. It's the highest in history. It's never happened before. Now, you might say, well, that's because workplace is becoming more balanced, more, uh, more opposite uh, uh, of effect in terms of the growth of the job place. It's not true. No. That those workplace numbers are not growing astronomically high. And if high. everything and if everything was as great as all of these numbers are, and don't forget, the Fed follows numbers; they don't just make random decisions, as they say. But then you wouldn't have had the rise of um, the populism that you're seeing. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't be seeing the the yellow vests in Paris 
right? People wouldn't be as un unrestful as they are right now, and you are seeing a lot of that around the globe. So there is that kind of mixed message there that says, yeah, they printed a lot of money. Who got that money first, and where do we go from here now that you know they've mixed all these numbers up like you know even even with the inflation numbers right we talked about shrinkflation on the show but also if not using the numbers that they used in the 70s so if the price of beef gets too high eh, take it out of the mix and you lower the you lower the inflation rate but anyone who fills up gas and goes to the movies and buys buys food and pays it for insurance and all of these type pays to enter put the energy in their home knows that prices just keep rising and rising and if you're not increasing your your wealth or your income by at least five percent a year then every five years you're losing 25 percent of your purchasing power and every 10 years you're losing 50 percent of your purchasing power which is why holding an intrinsic value commodity like precious metals holds their value over time you don't have to have a hundred percent in your portfolio but you do have to have some in your hand. And if you can't hold it, you don't own it. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call to get the free investor kit and get started. Get the ball rolling. Go to guildhallwealth.com. And as always, Jeremy, we're always welcoming feedback. We want it. We crave it. If you have something to say about the show, please tell us how you feel. Ask a question. And let's go to that. We had a question of the week this week. It uh, is something we are very, very, we feel strongly about sharing with our listening audience. So why don't you tell us what this question was? It happened actually more than once, but tell us what the question of the week was. So oftentimes when um, people are looking to acquire their metals for the first time, one of the questions that we often get at Guildhall is, will Guildhall buy back the product? Short answer, yes, of course. The way we've set up our inventory at Guildhall is to provide investors and those who want to acquire precious metals, even for gifts or whatever it is, is to have product that is universally accepted, which is London Bullion Market Association approved, and that any dealer, any bank should accept all that product back. We do sometimes have people bring us product that is not on the LBMA good delivery list. That's product that we will not accept back. But all of the product that we sell, all of the refiners like Royal Canadian Mint, Perth Mint, uh, Pamp Swiss, um, Austrian Philharmonics, these type of things, everyone knows who they are. They're all on the LBMA list. So of course we will take them back. No questions, no questions asked. You bring it to us, we buy it back from you. And it's as simple as that. So that should not be any issue for any client working with Guildhall. You know what I've recognized over time, Jeremy, that I've been here? And December 20th of this year will be 14 years that I've been at Guildhall. So I'm pretty proud to say that. I'm very excited. Uh, I've learned that gold and silver are simple. They're not complicated. And they shouldn't be. And what I've learned in, during that time is that the rest of the world has become very complicated. You can't just invest anymore. Investing means you're in, in you know, this particular uh, uh, fund or that particular fund. And case in point, gold and silver is as easy as a purchase. I bought a bar. I put it in safe deposit box. I put it in storage with Guildhall in a depository account. I come and visit it from time to time. And when I need to sell it, I call the fellas at Guildhall and they do that for me or I pick it up and bring it to any number of places in the world where I might be at that time and sell it there, right? I had a client come in this week looking to open up a registered account. 
he can't make heads or tails of his financial statements. I'm not that pro. I'm not that guy. You're not that guy. We're not the financial planners and experts. So you got to go back to your planner and expert. So we get the financial planner on the phone. No. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. And I ask a simple question. Can you tell me where Mr. Smith's funds are focused right now? I don't want you to tell me it's in this fund or that fund. I want you to tell me this specific arena. Tell me the companies, if you can, where Mr. Smith's funds are focused. This is a veteran, 15 years experience, and he couldn't tell me. He had to look it up. He was doing the exact same thing I did. It's no different than walking in Canadian Tire and asking somebody that's been a veteran of Canadian Tire about how, you know, roofing material, and they got to go onto the computer and look it all up. Mm-hmm. And so I can do the same thing. I can go down the aisle and research it myself. So that's what we did. We looked it up. We found out what was in there, and lo and behold, he was owning something that had been terrible for the last three years. Nothing in that particular arena had been earning in the last three years. But could the advisor months. could the advisor talk about the value of the, of those things that were down, and that there was a reason that they were down, and that they're going to return, or was it just sorry they're down? He pitched the long term like, idea. He pitched to the client while we were on the phone. He said, "I recognize the need for diversification. I'm not against, so you know, owning gold and silver. In fact, within my community, it's becoming far more prevalent. So he's acknowledging." that the idea of gold and silver ownership is far more prevalent than it's ever been. But what he refused to do was to accept that there was some fault with his analysis, that he hadn't taken the time to decide or to figure out where he put his client. His right. client gave him that. It's tough to manage if you're not sure where the money it's is. ridiculous. They couldn't even say. So anyways, that's what it comes down to. A guild hall, it's physical gold and silver. It's simple. It's natural fancy colored diamonds. You have to call to get the investor kit. One eight seven one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. We hope that you are having a wonderful time of year. Happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. Don't forget free grams of gold with every five thousand invested. There are some exceptions. Please call on us the to RSP, find out more yeah. on the RSPs as well as the allocated financing accounts. We'll give you a gram of gold up to ten grams. If you see somebody out there and they're cold, folks, help them out. It's the time of year to do so. Give them a jacket. Give them an extra couple bucks. Take care of yourselves, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. You have been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.